This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Damn these Biloxi blues it happens every night And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer That could ever be a friend of mine I have not Summer heat never treats me kind It leaves trouble on my mind So I'm bidding farewell Putting in my notice And I'll see you at another time Sing this highway Does not know my name And I don't care No I don't curb. Come on. Heading my way for another place, and I got three good tires and a spare. Right to the hook, just a white line, gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to get there. Low budget. Live, not so live, and we're back, ladies and gentlemen, and we are back with this camera view, with this camera view with no guests, sadly. Sadly, that uh, last episode with Dave Mercer was a lot of fun. It was so much fun, and uh, I really, I'm still kind of, you know, reeling from that a little bit. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't believe that Dave, Diamond Dave, Came to Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, and hung out with me in the LBL Bar and Grill. But we are here, and this is the podcast for October the 26th, and no guests this week in-house, but we do have a very good one that we are going to talk to on the phone. And I want to start by saying thank you to all of you for watching that uh, Mercer podcast, for talking uh, so kindly about that in the comments, and, and look. Uh, unfortunately for me, I'm having like this kind of uh, panic, you know, about 
being able to do more of those in-person interviews, obviously, I'm, I mean, I'm centrally located, but it's hard to get guests here at the low-budget live bar and grill all the time. I definitely want to do more of that. It was just, uh, it was more, it's more than an interview. It's a conversation. And I just want to thank Dave again for coming on and doing that. Uh, we announced that we will have a podcast and we weren't playing the first episode of LD and the MC drops this week, October 28th, this Wednesday. This will be a weekly deal. It's going to be different than low budget, just like we talked about, but and most of the time it's going to be via Zoom because he and I aren't together that much, um, always in one place and I'm in the other. But there will be special occasions. and Man, we got lots of plans, lots of plans. But we are so excited about that. And it's goofy and it's fun and it's serious all at the same time. And it's two idiots representing two different countries. And I just can't thank Dave enough for wanting to do that with me. So look out for that two days from now right here on my channel, on Dave's channel. Make sure you're subscribed to both. LD and the MC. So a little bit of housekeeping there. But thank y'all. That that was uh for me as as I was recording that. And Dave's he's just a he's an industry veteran. He's a guy I'm a fan of. Uh I I really appreciate his friendship. We throw a lot of things back and forth and it's it's really cool for a redneck from Tennessee to get to know his fishing heroes to get to know people that are veterans like that, the Mark Zonas of the world, the Dave Mercers. Um, just, you know, I'm really proud to call them friends. And, I, and I'm fortunate to get to do that. And uh, Zona gave us a shout-out on Bass Live, which was fun. Um, but it's it's really cool for me. So I hope you guys really enjoyed it. And you seem to. You seem to. The views were great, and the comments were great. And Dave and I are really excited about, about the future. But that format of having him here... It was cool. I just kept, I kept thinking, man, this is what I, I mean, when I built this, the LBO Bar and Grill, that's what I had in mind. And it just doesn't always work out, especially in 2020. You know, I built this last fall. This year has been so crazy. You can't be asking people to come to the low budget bar and grill all the time in a pandemic, you know? So uh, hopefully more of that to come. Hopefully more of that to come. So thank y'all for that. Um, I needed that too. This week was, uh, you know, I share everything with you guys to say the least, and I had uh, this week, uh, this past week, October 20th, was the one-year anniversary of when I lost mom, when we lost my mother, and uh, if you've kept up with this podcast for any amount of time, you know, I talk about that a lot, and right here, Mr. Brandon Polnick sent me this last year, my mother loved butterflies, and to honor her, I have that on the low-budget bar and grill all the time, but uh, we miss her dearly. And so many of you reached out to me on that day to let me know, uh, you know, you miss your loved ones and, and send in positive thoughts and, and prayers and comments my way. And I, I had uh, just a, a really, really good week um, with that happening. It, it was still a very positive week. It's really cool to have great friends. My buddy, Big C, y'all have seen him on here. We did the Fat Ass Challenge together, Corey. He brought me stone crabs from Florida, which if you've never had stone crabs, you're missing out. But this is the season that you get them. He had been down there. He brought them to the house. I wasn't even home. He surprised me, left them in the dang fridge for me. And uh, just stuff like that. You know, Darian, Darian uh, you know, sent me some cool videos and things. I had so many friends reach out, checking on me, close friends. And uh, it's good. That's That's a good thing. So, Never be afraid to kind of tell people what you got going on, man. That's what this podcast is all about. Obviously, telling you what's on my mind, telling you my opinions, my thoughts, 
And uh, and it's really got me through a lot of t- tough times around this deal, you know, losing mom to uh, this horrible disease called cancer. So thank y'all. Thank y'all for that this week. I, I really appreciate it. And I could feel the love. And it was just, uh, you know, to, to start the week with the Mercer episode, it was really a, a positive thing. So I thank y'all because it, otherwise it could have been a deep, dark week. It, uh, I tend to, uh, I can go there pretty easy at times. And uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. So thank you all for that. Huge thanks. And we're cooking up some things with these fine folks. But I want to say a huge thanks to the fine folks at Startron and Starbright Cleaning Solutions for bringing you Low Budget Live for several years now. Startron kicking ethanol in the teeth and getting it out of your weed eater, getting it out of your chainsaw, getting it out of that outboard engine, anything that runs gas, ethanol can get in there and just mess things up. Little dab will do you. This bottle right here treats 256 gallons of fuel. Put you some Startron in there. We're coming up on that time. You ain't going to be cutting your grass as much. You may have some some fuel left over in that tank. You better put you some Startron in there. Seriously. Same thing with your boat. If you're not running your boat a lot this time of year, you got gas sitting there in it, you better drop you some Startron. But uh, I want to thank those guys. And they are making some LBL merch that incorporates the Shake Your Startron bottle that we will have very soon, working on some cool things with those guys. So thanks to the folks at Startron. Also, got to say, big thank you to Sims, the official clothing provider of Low Budget Live, not so live in the traveling circus. And I am here to remind all of you, first of all, that new Pro Dry Rain Suit, <whistles> slick to say the least. Really, really good rain suit. Lightweight. I'm digging mine. Got to use it a couple times this week, and that was awesome. Uh, just, It's just really, it's just not too heavy, you know? I like it. So I'm here to remind all you low lifers, you get one life. Fish it well. Love that saying. Love that saying. And last, but certainly not least, and I'm going to keep saying this till there's one in the garage, okay? I'm going to keep saying this because I, I, I've got mine. I'm patiently waiting the official boat of Low Budget Live, Express Aluminum Boats Performance Bass Boats out of Hot Springs, Arkansas, bringing you Low Budget Live as well. And we're going to have an X21 Pro right under the bar and grill very, very soon. So thank you to all those fine folks. Moving on. As Mercer said last week, if you like this, you're going to have to put up with a little bit of that. And uh, we're thankful for all the sponsors, just like I'm thankful for all you listeners. Oh, what while I'm on that kick, I want to say this to you, to the YouTube crowd. Lots of you listening on different platforms, but I want to say this to the YouTube crowd. I apologize. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for the damn ads on these videos. Um, YouTube decides where they go. On that Mercer episode, I started getting comments. There were like 40 freaking ads on that hour video. I apologize. I finally figured out, and it and it takes, got to do it from a computer. Anyways, long story, I can delete and place those now. I found out how that works, and I can delete 90% of them. So after it had been up 24 hours, I figured that out, and I got them off there. So I apologize. Thank y'all for listening. Uh, I got, man, I even had a good friend of mine. Boomer, y'all seen me fish Boomer's Lake on the channel. Boomer calling us, hey man, do you know about these ads? Because <laughs> they were running out old control. So thank y'all for the heads up on that and uh, for always letting me know. But yeah, I wanted to say I'm sorry for that. 
This is free content, and this is a free platform. YouTube doesn't charge me to upload here, and unfortunately, you have to put up with some of that, and I, I, I apologize that it got a little bit much last week uh, and a couple other episodes, but I figured it out now. We should be good. Um, thank y'all for letting me know. All right, moving on in the world. I'm kind of uh, I'm pumped up today about our guest, and we're going to get to that, but Bassmaster Open. I'll be honest with y'all, full disclosure, this is the podcast for Monday, October 26th. We're recording this a little early. Recording this a little early. Bassmaster Open, still going on at Neely Henry. So we don't know who our Bassmaster winner is. Uh, And last week, we got a new Open, I mean, excuse me, a new Elite Series champion in Lee Livesey. Going to get Lee on the show very soon, I'm going to get Big Frank the Tank Tally on here. Got a lot of guests lined up. It's fun, man. People reaching out to me. Really cool. But uh, congrats to Lee. I've already said congrats to Frank, but congrats to Lee. That was a hell of a tournament, and that's the way a Tennessee River tournament in the fall should go down on a frog, and that's how he did it. It was really fun to watch. And Lee is a guy I don't know him well. Very well thought of, though. You can always tell when it's the same with when Frank Talley won. When a guy wins that people have a deep mutual respect for, you see it on the on the social media streams, right? You see it on Instagram, Facebook, other people sharing their pictures with them, you know. And you saw that with Lee, and you saw that with Frank. Mercer said that you know there were so many guys that did not go home that stayed around to see if Frank won that tournament at Gunnersville. Same thing with Lee. A lot of people were very proud for Lee. And he's had kind of a rough year this year. Very cool to see. Guides on Lake Fork. So that's the next event coming up. But Lee's an interesting cat. And uh, definitely going to get him on here very soon. He's fishing that open. And he, and he had a good first day. So um, looking forward to uh, to having Lee on. Hopefully next week. In the next couple of weeks. We're going to have those guys on. So y'all know me. I don't status quo. Every podcast in the freaking known universe gets the winner on immediately and i just i don't roll like that i don't roll like that um i let those other boys do their things and then i do my thing and then i come back around on that backside i come around on that backside and have them on so we'll get those boys on very soon i got a lot of things planned actually but some fun fun guests coming up bpt schedule best pro tour major league fishing Extending the life of the sport. Bass Pro Tour schedule came out. Let's look at this bad boy real quick. Let me pull this up. Let me pull this up. Real fast light. I'm going to text our guest too. All right. Text our guest. Let's pull this up. Talk about this. I, I saw this posted up. And I want to start by saying, man, I see people complaining like fans. Oh, it's the same places year after year after year. Oh, my God. Why? And my first initial reaction to it was, damn, that's a good schedule. (laughs) Um, Because now that I'm involved in this tournament world with MPFL and things, you see, like, scheduling these tournaments, and I always knew this with FLW and, you know, Bass, like, scheduling these tournaments is very hard. Okay, it's uh, it, it's, and I know that that Boyd say, oh, we're gonna go to different lakes and we got a smaller field and blah 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 blah, and all that's well and good on paper, right? But the problem is, you gotta these these towns pay 
for you to host a, a tournament in their fine cities. Okay, that happens. And so you you go to where, and it was always that way with FLW, you go to where you can get paid. You go to where maybe you know the contact there so you can, that you can go there easily. And there's a lot of that that goes into this, man. Scheduling is so hard. And especially now, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I know a lot of people don't think that's the case, but we are. And it has affected tourism money in a lot of these communities. So these towns don't know what the next six months hold. They know what the last six months have held. So their budgets are probably knocked back. And I mean, I'm hearing this from team tournaments to the NPFL, to the elite series, to the opens. Like the fact that Major League Fishing, Big Five, MLFLW, whatever you want to call it, um, has Toyota schedules, an FLW schedule, and a BPT schedule is pretty damn strong. From what I'm hearing in the industry, the fact that they got that done and got that out, they got BFL stuff coming out, like it's not a walk in the park right now. It's just not a walk in the park. And uh, I thought the schedule was good. Let's look at it real fast. So stage one, Rayburn, Sam Rayburn, March 21st to the 26th. That is an absolute beatdown. Cell phone coverage will suck, so the live coverage will be, you know, whatever. Uh, you never know. FLW's done a pretty good job there with live coverage, so has Bass, but, like, it can be shady there. Like, no cell phone works at Rayburn, I found. Uh, the second one is the Heavy Hitters, Heavy Hitters event, April 9th at Falls, Jordan. That's that those big Bass Freak Show lakes over in North Carolina, so they'll smash there. Lake Travis, stage two. Austin, Texas, April 30th to May 5th. I've been there. That lake has got a bazillion bass in it. Drew Benton won the Elite Series there around that same time of year. They were schooling. It's a cool lake. Joe Rogan lives there now. Maybe, you know, maybe uh, Rogan watches them fish from his dock. I don't know. Uh, stage three, and this is kind of a curve, I feel like, for everybody griping about the schedules. May 21st through the 22nd, the Harris Chain in Florida. We all know, and that's what I loved about heavy hitters this year. They went there in June. It was a different, you know, we always, January, February, March, we're going to Florida. Every fishing schedule ever. I like that. I think that's cool. Lake Chickamauga, June 4th through the 9th. The Chick on the Tennessee River. We'll see. Uh, always, always potential for fireworks at Chick. St. Lawrence River, June 25th through the 30th. We all know what will happen there. Massive beat down of smallmouth lake champlain in august and lake st Clair in september so yeah it is a lot of the same but i just don't it's not i, I don't know I, I saw a ton of comments i was just like oh it's the same stuff all the time and it is and i'll tell you that's one thing mpfl you know i've really we've talked about is it making a different schedule but man it's so hard and then you end up going to some like a lot of the good lakes and popular lakes are good lakes and popular lakes for a reason. And you got to have facilities and you got to have places for, for the, you know, the tournament field to stay. And you got to, there's just a lot that goes into this stuff. So as much as I criticize, Lord, all he does is bashes MLF. That's all he does on this show. Uh, as much as I, I do uh, criticize at times, uh, I like the schedule. I like the schedule. I thought I was like, damn, that'd be a really fun schedule to fish. So kudos to them for getting it out there, you know, 
pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool schedule, I think. You know, Elite Series still working on those from what I'm hearing. I think theirs will probably be really freaking good. Um, also, but you know, they haven't released Opens. They haven't released the Elites. And it, which with all this is just kind of a, a, you know, pissing contest back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, we released our schedule, which FLW always, you know, in history released their uh, stuff pretty uh, pretty pretty quick before bass most of the time they always did that iCast release um but this is that time of year man you start you start looking at these schedules and and um seeing kind of what's gonna what's gonna shake out in your mind but uh i don't know it's uh the the negative comments crack me up on stuff like that i'm like dude there's a lot of things to piss and moan about (laughs) if you don't like it but these schedules are hard to come up with I feel like, um, and that's just from personal experience there. But moving on, text him right now. So my guest today is a guy I have known for many, many moons. And he is one of the best guys that I've ever been around. So I will start by saying he is a friend uh, of mine. He's a guy that I, I think a lot of. He is... Sitting right now, currently, at over a half million dollars in career earnings and a very short career with Bass. He has 10 top 10s, and several of those have been this year. He has one win. He is your current angler of the year leader. That's loud. With one event to go, and his name is David Mullins. What's up, buddy? Hey, man, what's going on? Dude, I just gave you like, I mean, now that me and Mercer are like, you know, collabing, as the kids say, I feel like I've got to up my intro game for people that are coming on the show. <laughs> so I just yeah. I just tried to do a Mercer impression, I think, is what yeah. just happened, buddy. You got to get real creative. Uh, I want to start by saying go Vols and... Uh, I'm sad to be a Vol fan right now, currently, and I, I, this this will upload on Monday. But I told everybody I'm recording it a little bit early, and so we haven't seen the slaughter that is the Alabama game yet. <laughs> the thing about the balls is it's been that way for years. You can't bet for them or against them. Like you wouldn't be surprised if they come out and beat Alabama, but then we couldn't beat Vanderbilt. You know that's that is very true. That is very true, uh, it, and it's. I don't know, man. I, I you get this, you get you kind of get excited. We we of course it was just you know it's Missouri and South Carolina, but SEC games. You know Missouri beats LSU. Like there's a lot of things you're looking at. You're like, you know what? We're uh we're gonna be all right this year. And then you go to Georgia and you're like, oh boy, never mind. Hang on, hang on, hang on. We're not where we thought we were. And then and then that game against Kentucky, you're like. Oh, never mind. Yeah, we're right where we were. <laughs> what's, what's bad is I'm fishing Chickamauga at the time, and I'm like, you know, I need to remind myself to turn my radio on at 12 so I can listen to the ball game. <laughs> and it's stuck, and it, during it, during day three or day two? Yeah, during yeah during day three. Like I was gonna I was gonna listen to the ball game, and like <laughs> it, it's such a it's such a grind out there. I I forgot all about. It. I was concentrating on fishing and. I go to the ramp, and one one of the kids that I coached uh, high school basketball for actually is in Chattanooga now. He came to the he came to the way in, and he had a Kentucky shirt on. I'm like, hey man, what was the score? And he's like, you know, thirty something seven. I was like, man, I thought Kentucky 
keep it getting a little closer than that. And he's like, no, Kentucky won. And I was like, you said, you, you said what? Did you stutter? <laughs> but was I really surprised? No. I mean, we've been used to this for so many years now that it's just uh, – We'd live a lot longer if we wasn't Vols fans. Now, the the interesting thing about you is sports, and we got to talk about sports because that's just this time of year. But you are a basketball nut, and you just said that you're your basketball coach. You you do that a lot, but you are not a Tennessee Vols basketball fan. I've been a Duke basketball fan since I could walk, and I don't know why. I remember I remember watching them when I was like I don't know eight or ten years old playing like Indiana in a restaurant one time, and. I'd, my brother liked him, and I just always been a Duke fan. And that, and you're East Tennessee as they come, man. You are you live on Rocky Top, by God, but you yeah, are a Duke I mean, basketball I, fan. I, I do watch the balls more. I mean, Fulkerson, I had him in high school as a as no a kidding. Okay, I had, I, had, I had his brother as a player too, so I I follow the balls. Oh, that's awesome! Now. I didn't realize yeah. that. I mean, it's good. It's good that we have some good basketball again. You know, we had it since Pearl left, and. Uh, it was fun watching it in. It's it's fun watching it again now. But uh, yeah, they're they're yeah. fun. They're a lot of fun to watch. I think this year is going to be a, a good time if I get to play any games. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think we are. I think we'll be playing. I yeah. So anyway. I, I know in Tennessee, in Middle Tennessee, anyways, we're going to play some high school basketball and some middle school. My boys are both. I've got one son on the middle school, or excuse me, two sons on the middle school team. Then a, and then my sixteen year old plays for the high school, plays for varsity there. And we've already had some games get rescheduled that we're supposed to start in a couple of weeks. And uh, it's definitely – it's going to be interesting. It's like this football stuff you're seeing. you got, you know, reschedules and all that stuff, kind of like the fishing schedule. But uh, but I think that that uh, we'll get them in. We'll definitely get them in. And everybody will mask up in them gyms and, and we'll see. So, I, you, you just – you said something that – kind of it, it might blow the minds of a lot of people that are listening that might not know David Mullins like they should but you said during the elite series on Chickamauga as you were competing you were going to listen to the Vols game but you forgot <laughs> now ladies and gentlemen I need you to understand who you're talking to here in case you're not paying attention this is your current angler of the year leader with one event to go and he was going to listen to the Tennessee Vols if anything sums up David Mullins to me it's that you're pretty daggum laid back and roll with the punches I think that uh, describes it pretty freaking well right there <laughs> I was so excited to have my third keeper at noon. I forgot all about the <laughs> I'm not kidding. I caught, we've been blasted off till 10. I've got three keepers by 12 o'clock and couldn't catch another one the rest of the day. Oh, gosh. So that one was just truly, I mean, I watched it, but being in it, I, I know you can attest it was just brutal, just typical fall, except a lot worse. <laughs> it, it was. I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah, I think I heard us there was water come up a foot, uh, maybe over a foot uh, when we started. And that, I think that helped scatter them out even farther than what they were. Uh, and it was steadily coming down, it, probably getting, you know, uh, it probably get better, if, but you know, it's it's it got back hot. It was cool. It was everything was cooling down. The water came up foot. It got back up in the eighties, and that just spells bad, bad fall fishing, especially when the water's that clear, you know. And it just uh, oh yeah, it, 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 it was a grind. Yeah, it really was. 
Yeah, and I, I told Mercer we need to find people for saying that, but I think that's the first tournament in history that I think it was allowed. <laughs> there in Gunnersville, but it was definitely allowed at Chick. I mean, because that is – so what people – earlier in the year when that tournament got moved to the fall, I think I had John Cox on here and we were talking. There were a lot of comments that said, oh, it'll take 25 pounds a day. You know, people that just think Chickamauga. But in the fall, it's always tough. But I think you couple that with 2020, a lot of people been off work and a lot of people in our lovely state like to bass fish. They love the outdoors. So, we? yeah, they do. We're blessed, we're blessed to be in a great state for the outdoors, but – but yes, it definitely, uh, definitely that place gets a lot of pressure and, uh, it's amazing. It pumps out as many fish as it does. But one thing that does help it is it, it does have grass. And yes, it does. Uh, that's probably the saving grace of the, of the whole lake. Yeah. As long as they leave that alone, I think we'll be okay for years to come. And I think, you know, Watts Bar, some of those other lakes over there are going to start coming on. Uh, Nickajack, I fished Nickajack some this summer. It's a, that's a good time too. That lake's a lot of fun to fish. Nickajack was one of my funnest places I fished in several years. I got to structure fish it uh, uh, twice. I got the, the time we had bass fish on Chickamauga and I didn't make the cut. I got to go over there and structure fish it, and it was a it was a blast over there. It's just got a ton of fish in it. Oh, it does, man. I, Darian and I went down there and did a deal and grass fished, and dude, it was just like the sheer numbers of fish blew my mind. I mean, it's it's got them, man. But I, I read a thing on the sign. They stock uh, F1 hybrids for the last five years, something along the lines of like fifty to 75,000 bass a year in that place. Wow. And, and that's just a testament to the state of Tennessee and TWRA. I mean, they're doing that in Chick. They're doing that in Watts Bar. They're going to have to start doing it in freaking Pickwick. <laughs> and I wish Alabama would do it in Gunnersville um, for sure. Or we're going to we're gonna take some hits on these lakes because of fishing pressure. But, uh, well, dude, I, I got to say, so known you forever, and you are one of the – I mean, I consider you old school. And I don't mean that in a negative way at all. You are very much – I feel like you're old-fashioned, even though you're really good at, like, video editing and stuff like that, but you're not a big social – you don't really care about social media stuff as much. You are very much that old school. You love structure fishing, like you're saying, ledge fishing, that kind of stuff. But but I, I feel like – and you can correct me if I'm wrong because, obviously, you're, you're the guy doing this, but do you feel like your versatility has grown – in the last couple of years, as far as like your your skill set on the elite series, and that has led to this angler of the year lead that you have because your finishes are getting better and better and better. Is it that, or is it just time out there and seeing these lakes? What what do you think is the difference maker for a young guy listening that took David Mullins from his first year on the elites to now having the opportunity of a lifetime? Yeah, it's it's a, I think it's a combination of everything, but uh, you know. Uh, being more comfortable now. I mean, you got to look at the only place, the only lakes I fished before I made the league series was Cherokee and Douglas. And we don't have grass. We don't have, you know, uh, massive amount of flats and stuff. So the biggest change for me was if you look back, I think when I joined the elites, I did fairly well on lakes and then I would go up North and completely lose it every year. And okay. Smallmouth was just a big pain for me. And this year, the biggest change was probably getting through those smallmouth lakes a lot better. And, um, and I've learned, you know, how to catch them. I'm not, I'm not still greatly confident up there, but I've learned how to catch them better up there. And, the, you know, when I had that good northern swing, 
that helped out a lot. But you got heck, you know, before I started Elite Series, I didn't even own a chatterbait. Didn't even know what a chatterbait was my first year on the Elite That's Series. Crazy. I mean, you know, I didn't have I didn't have a lot of uh, I didn't have a lot of extra tools or extra you know tricks to play with, and uh, it's definitely got to, the more lakes you visit and the more uh, experience you get on these places, and you learn little this and that you know the more you can take it with you the next place you go and that's just uh that's just helped to help me throughout the throughout the years do you think it's a uh a misconception about how good those smallmouth lakes are up there because everybody catches them that's the thing everybody does catch them but there's a difference in that tournament caliber stringer and 12 or 13 pounds that everybody catches do you, do you think yeah. it's a misconception how good the fish is. Yeah, of how actually good it is. I mean, because it looks like everybody smashes 20 pounds. That's just not the case. No, it's not the case. The thing, the thing about it is a half a pound up there can separate you five places. Absolutely. You know, and it, it comes down to one bite. And I, I figured out on, like, St. Lawrence uh, the last few years how I can usually – and I've caught them better the last few times I've been up there. Uh, last year, not as much, but uh, let's say – two out of the last three i figured out how to get a couple extra bigger bites and that's that's helped me move up a lot but yeah i mean some places you go uh depending on the time you go there like i've been to i've been to st Clair when you catch 80 a day and then i went there this year and you know you only catch about 10 a day but yeah they're, they're all good ones so they're I, they can be good at times they can be great times but a lot of it goes back to just you know you're looking for you know, seven, eight bites a day, and hopefully they're they're good sized fish. No doubt, no doubt about that. It's a, it, I mean, in those places they're phenomenal, but it's, uh, I don't mean any insult to those places, but it is you get. It's kind of like Florida, I guess. People are like, oh, you're going to Okeechobee, land of giants, and it's like, eh, yeah. not so much all the time. I yeah, mean, you get those perfect day of practice. You've only caught two. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So some of these famed places, because a lot of guys that you hear Zona talk about on live a lot. Those northern lakes do throw guys for a, for a for a loop. I mean, you even veteran guys that have been doing this for twenty years. Sometimes those lakes are their Achilles' heels. It's like just because I don't want to say they're anybody's ball game, but if you do get on that right school up there, I mean, we saw it with you. You had at Champlain, and I, I text you the night before day four, and I mean, dude, your deal was getting stronger. I felt like watching live and that last day to watch you lose those fish man i don't and i not to pour salt in your wounds uh but to watch that it it was it was brutal man because it was it turned into your tournament really to lose i felt like did you feel that though like in that moment when you lost those fish did you think there goes the tournament or i I mean that you you knew that was that was it i knew it instantly because Dude, I, and and one thing I had going there was I saw that weather coming in, and I'm like, in the back of my mind, I'm I'm throwing. I've got two two different deals going. I've got this deep deal that that worked the third day really good, and if that don't work, I think they're going to bite those moving baits the fourth day. And I had, I'm dude, I'm I'm not blasting off. I said, you know what? I think I'm going to win this today. Wow. And uh, and you know, up there, the separation was three and a half to four pounders mm-hmm. so if you caught three pounders you were in you know uh you're in 40th place if you caught three and a half you're in you know 20th place if you caught four pounders you're in first or second mm-hmm. and every day i was there 
I should have had 20 pounds. Uh, I, I, that's how many. That's how many fish I lost. But anyway, going into that last day, you know, like I said, four pounders hard to come by. And the first one I hook and lose, I don't even. I don't even know if they got this one on camera. It's like a five. It's the biggest fish I hooked all week. And I know there's not that many fish up there that big. No, that's a unicorn. <laughs> yeah. So so I lose that one which crushed me. I mean, I'm like, well, you know, I still got plenty of time. I can catch some fours. That's what's going on in the back of my mind. And there, there was one or two that wasn't even on camera that they didn't get. And I, I ran to the next spot and it's a little underwater rock pile. And I sling my, sling my crankbait out there and I hook a four and it jumps way out there. It jumps off. And I'm like, mm. you got kidding me. And the deal breaker was the last one. I hooked another five, which is the second biggest fish, other than the one I just hooked 30 minutes earlier. And I hook it and fight it all the way back to the boat. It's a giant. And, I, you know, it just comes off for no reason. It doesn't jump off, just pulls off. And right then, I knew, I mean, you, you can't make up five-pound bites on, on Champlain. And, I, I, I mean, I knew exactly I lost it. I knew there wasn't mm. no way I could win it. Mm. And, uh, you know, it was just one of them deals, you know, you're happy that, you're getting closer to winning one, but, uh, you know, you're crushed that you had the opportunity to do it because you, you don't get many opportunities. No, it, it is. That's something you hear a lot of folks talk about. And, you know, having fished FLW for a little bit and all that, I mean, dude, you just don't get a lot of chances. And, like, I, I mean, and I never got as close, Lord knows, as, as you have. But even when you left those special practices, you know, and you felt like you had a chance – the conversion rate of getting those kind of fish in the boat, you know, we had one at Lanier one time and I'll never forget. I mean, I called my wife and I said, you know, I mean, I, I think, I think I got a chance this week. Like, I think I got a chance. And the first day lost fish, didn't get them in the boat. And I'm like a hundred and whatever. And then I catch 17 pounds of spots the second day and jump up like 60 places and get a check. But it's the different, like that's the quality you're on the caliber and it's like there's such a fine line between, and people don't because you know people that just look at a standing sheet and they see a guy finish 75th or whatever, and they're like, "Oh, sucked. He sucked this week." But the deeper story behind all those kind of finishes, you might have sucked, you might not have found them, but you're, you're the, close. you were probably close. I mean, all those, all of you guys or around the right deal most of the time. You do get those weeks you're lost, but, I mean, that this this group of anglers, and that, it's the same on BPT, same in the FLW Pro Circuit. Like, everybody finds everything, I feel like. And it's the, the guy that fine-tunes it or finds something just a little bit different within those areas. I mean, look at Lee. How many guys were throwing a frog at Chick? I mean, a, a lot of them. How many people throw a frog over there every day? You a know, of, lot of lot of locals throwing frogs. Yes, <laughs> I, yeah. While y'all are while y'all are fishing, they're throwing them over right. your dang lines. Um, so, what? Real quick on that. Was there a big tournament going on while you guys were there? I never got to scoop on that. No, they were everybody were practicing because they had a, like an Angler's Choice Regional Championship that was going on there like three days afterwards. And there's oh, okay, there was, there was practice. There was there was that going on. I think there was a CBA going on. There was a two hundred boat kayak tournament going on all at the same time. <laughs> And you know, it just, uh, it just, it was, it was difficult at times because you know, for me, at least, if I'm fishing, if I wasn't fishing elite series, and and a guy was fishing elite series or FLW or whatever, I I would myself would have the utmost respect. If I seen the guy, I wouldn't even throw near him. I, I would probably just of course. Pick up my truck and watch. You know, and I've got a guy 
I've got, and this is the way I am. And I don't want to be mean to anybody. I, I try to be respectful to everybody, but I've got a guy, I'm going down a grass line. He comes around the corner. He's on the inside grass line. This grass line makes a turn toward him where it gets real thin. And I'm sitting there throwing a frog. This is on the first day. And I'm working my way to him and he works his way out of the inside coming to the outside. And dude, he's throwing a buzz bait within 10 yards of me all around. <laughs> and you know, I, I don't know how to take this because I am so furious right now <laughs> that I'm like, you know, I want to blast this guy out. Same way. I'm like, that ain't the Christian thing to do. You need to just calm down. That's right. Calm down. Breathe. So, so I got both things on my shoulder right now. And he looks at me and goes, are you catching them? And I'm like, I look at him, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to let him know you. I'm, I'm kind of aggravated. Like, I'm I'm a little perturbed right now, because buddy. If you catch a four-pounder in front of me, Christian is starting to <laughs> press down, and devil is starting to come up. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, it's coming out. But luckily, he didn't get a big bite. But I'm thinking, you know, if you catch a four-pounder 10 yards from my boat, I'm getting ready to catch That's going to cost me a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that, you know, that's a fact. So, so after he asked me, are you catching him? I said, you know, you must be having a big tournament today. And he looks at me and he's like, no, no, just out here fishing. <laughs> and I make a cast. He said, are you catching him? And, dude, I just look at him dead in the eye and just go right back to fishing. Didn't say a word. Uh, I'm thinking, how do you not, if you're a fan <laughs> of this sport or you're a tournament bass fisherman, how do you not realize what you're doing right now? Uh, you know what I'm saying? And that's, but, you know, that's the only way I can handle it because I didn't want to get into it with the guy. And I just, you know, I just kind of let it go, but I just didn't say anything. I just, you know, went on about business. But this, that being said, that particular grass map, there was another one right below that. And it, and when things are rolling your way, you know, they're rolling your way. And I've heard that a hundred times. I'm like, whatever. So there's a grass mat right below that. And I left this guy, I go down here and I'm just looking, I haven't fished any of this grass, but it's the first day I've got five at three o'clock. I'm running, just looking grass, trying to catch a big one, you know? And I, I, I turn this corner, a big, a little isolated grass mat, but tucked in behind this little aisle. And I'm like, I'm just going to fish it. And I fish it. And all of a sudden, here pops like a three or four pounder chasing a brim in this, oh, this man. I, I never can get it to bite. And I'm like, daggone. So I run out of time. I have to run back to the boat ramp. So the next day, I've got, I've got five in the box by like one o'clock. Run 20 miles all the way down there to this one grass mat. And catch that same fish on like the third catch. No way. And, yeah, and, and that's that's when it's rolling your way. It's rolling your way, and that thing weighed. It, it wasn't that big. It was like three and a quarter, but it helped me out. It gave me about twelve pounds, so it helped me out a lot. Jeez, but man. When it's rolling your way, roll, rolling your way. And, and I, and, it, our our sport's the only sport played on public ground, basically, and yeah. that's and that's talked about all the time. And we've all had those incidents, but you. I, I truly, and this is, and I don't mean this to sound the way it'll sound, but I truly think some people are genuinely ignorant, and I think when it comes to that kind of stuff, and and I'll, I, there'll be a lot of comments about this, I'm sure, but it's I, I see them just when I'm fun fishing, etiquette in, in bass fishing and on the water slides further and further away all the time. Yeah, I, I mean it does, but I do think that we've got a lot of new people in the sport because of guys like you and 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 your promotion and you fishing tournaments and and the live coverage and stuff that I do and stuff that a lot of people do the YouTube stuff all that has grown the 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 overall participation in the sport I feel like is as much as it's ever been, and I truly think there are some people just they just don't know, 
Right. They just don't know. They weren't taught like you were taught and I was taught. My dad, if there was a guy fishing in a pocket, like a slough on Wilson Lake, and he was at the back of it, my dad wouldn't even stop at the mouth of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. you know, you just go on. I mean, that, right. that's, you know, and you go back to like, I, I know you you and I had a lot of conversations about this, like that Randy Haynes, Jason Lambert thing a few years ago. Like that stuff used to not happen that much. No, it didn't. It just didn't. And now it's like you're supposed to be okay with it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, and like I said, I'm old school. And I'm like, you know what, if I'm in that position, even if I knew those fish were there and Van Dam was leading, would I race Van Dam to that hole and, and try to beat him there and try to catch him? And I'm like, I don't think I could do that. That's just, but that's just the way I am. That's I, right. I, I don't know the situation. I don't know what happened. I'm right. No, I know. I knew he was fishing there. I'm like, I don't know if I could do that. But again, I don't know the situation. Right. That there, but well, that's that's. Uh, I don't like fishing around people. You know. No, I don't. I never have. I, I don't like it at all. And and you have to more and more and more over time uh, now. But it's obvious that worked out in your favor that you left and went and found you a grass bed. Uh, yeah, and you and you didn't cuss anybody out. And I think that's good, Dave. I think that's good because here's the thing: when you're David Mullins and you finish thirty fifth on the point standings, you know you might cuss that guy out, not not you know getting much trouble. But you're David Mullins, angler of the year, and you cuss that guy out. He's gonna see you on ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did get baptized in June, so my cursing days are Okay, better. good. Like, That's that. awesome. So I, I've, I've been doing a lot better. <laughs> well, good. Good. I'm, pr- I'm proud to hear it. And uh, I'm proud to hear that you, at least, it would be a heavy tongue lashing uh, expletive free. I, li- I like it. I like it because I have to say for myself, uh, I have a foul mouth, and uh, I, I definitely have been known to sling some expletives out there on the water at some folks over. Uh, I just get so confused. My dad's line when I was a kid was, "Hey, we ain't in your way, are we?" <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, I've used that one before. There's a there's one I'm going to tell on a buddy of ours, and I will not say his name, but this is my favorite story of a local. Uh, coming in on somebody, and we were at Kentucky Lake and FLW, and I'd made the top 20 cut there. And this is one of the greatest names in the history of bass fishing, but I won't take it any further than that. Good guy, great guy. And uh, somebody came in on him on day three, and a, a buddy of mine was fishing as his co-angler and said, uh, said that this particular pro looked at this guy and said, hey, buddy, this guy came in and started throwing over his line. He said, you caught any fish today? And he said, no, sir, we haven't caught anything. And he said, well, you're going to feel like an idiot when you go home, tell your wife you got your butt kicked and you didn't catch any fish. <laughs> <laughs> and you can only guess who that was. Uh, but but that, that was one of my favorite ones. You're going to feel stupid when you get home and you tell her that. Uh, so... All right, I got I got to get serious with you, man. You you getting your you you say, you're getting your life right. You you changing your life. Things are going David Mullins way. What does it mean? And I know this is a an obvious question. This is an easy one, but what does it mean for you if at the end of Lake Fork you get to hoist that angler of the year trophy? Dude, I, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't even know. Uh, it's just, uh, and I'm sure you'd be in the same situation. It's like you never would think yourself would. Could do that, or or you'd have the opportunity to do that. I've, I've never, I don't even know if I've dreamed something like that. You know what I'm saying? I, I do realize I have an opportunity to do something special and win one of the most coveted prizes in we have in bass fishing today. But dude, I don't know. I I have no clue. I, and you know, I I just realize I have the opportunity, but other than that, I have no clue about the feelings or 
anything else i'm just going fishing and i'm really i'm surprisingly really calm about it i don't you know i haven't thought about it too too much uh but again i, I recognize the opportunity is there it, it is and is, is this something that three events ago two events ago when you were in third do you even look at that kind of stuff is that something when you're having this year you're safely in the classic which is a huge deal and something that's hard to get to, as you well know. I mean, is it something that – did you look at it? You know, after after Santee, are you looking at it? After Gunnersville, are you looking at it and going, dang, man, I mean, if this – because Clark looked like he was kind of running away with it and then – No, I, I honestly, I didn't look at it at all because I'm like, all right, Clark's leading. He's going to win this thing because he's such a good fisherman. No doubt. Ever, he's so talented and – uh and that just goes to show you fall fishing can change everything. And, you know, you look at there's, I mean, dude, there's five or six people can win the thing at four. Without a doubt. I, well, the only thing I've got is a small lead, and whoever catches them best down there is going to win the That's thing. That's right. So it, it's a it's a horse race, and, you know, I hope to come out on top of it, uh, and I'm going to do the best I can. And and that's all, at the end of the day, that's all you can ask for. But, you know, I've talked to Walk, Walker's called me about it, even before this, even even for the angler year lead, all this stuff. And it, we were talking about making a classic and he, and, or, or winning the, uh, he was talking about losing the classic one time. And he mm-hmm. said, you know, your year, your year. And this, this is what, like we talk about people fishing out there while you're fishing term, your year can come down to one bite. Yes. And, and I, and I didn't realize that when he was talking about it, but I'm like, yeah, he's right about some stuff, but dude, I, I can name one fish that you follow the worst finish I had this year. And I can't remember. I finished 40 something down there. And I'm, I'm out there struggling, and I've got, uh, I've got a waypoint on a brush pile that's up there in like six foot, and I'm, I've got, it's like one o'clock. I've got three in a live well. My roommate's running by, and Drew lives down there. Yep. And uh, he, he always he said, "What you got?" And I said, "Dude, I've got three. And he, you know, he's already got like twenty pounds." <laughs> And, uh, and w- the deal was there, the water, I found fish out on ledges, but the water kept coming up and they left the ledges and they're all in the brush now. And I, I didn't really cue in on that. So anyway, he called and said, dude, they're on the brush. And he said, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a couple dots. Go, go catch you a limit real quick. And I was like, okay, that's cool. So he gives me a dot beside this dot that I've got that's up there in like six foot and gives me another one. So I go to the first one he gives me and it's, I, I catch like two keepers got a limit. I said, okay, I go to. I go to the other dot he gives me, and I catch like a three pound. I'm like, all right, yeah, we got we got a good bag, you know, we're getting there. And dude, I, I'm like, well, I got this one dot that I found right beside this one, so I, I just troll the motor over there to it. And dude, like the second cast, I hook a six something. Oh no! And I find it's on a worm, so you know it ain't coming off. Yeah, he's pegged. Yeah, so I find him and find him. I find him around the boat, getting by a troll motor, and I'm getting ready to go down there and handline him. And and dude, it just comes off. It just comes off, and. And I told Drew about it, and I didn't make the cut. And Drew caught that same fish, same brush pile, same hook mark. I was like, it's hooked right in the top left corner, but same hook mark, everything weighed like 6'3", he said. <laughs> and that, that, one, that one fish gives me like 20 more points, you know what I'm saying? Golly. It, it, can, it, can, all, but it can all come down to your season being made, either making classic, winning angle year, winning this tournament, that tournament on one bite. A single bite. Yeah, I didn't realize that till Walker really, really explained that to me, and he said it's happened to him so many times. But he's correct; he's right about it. That's that is so crazy to think about, and I mean, and it is that way. Looking back on 
on on my tournament career. I mean, it's all it always comes down. And and look, that bite, I'll take it further than this. That bite could come in practice. Yeah. To clue exactly. you in on something. I mean, it can be not going another 50 yards in a creek, and then you come around it, and holy crap, that's where John Cox is winning. You know, you're like, are you kidding me? I pulled yeah, the trolling right. motor up, you know, yeah. and left. And and that kind of stuff happens. So it definitely comes down to one bite, man. Well, I, I hope that at Fork, dude, that you, you get no, – no disrespect to anybody else. I'm a Tennessee guy. I got to see my man Mullins hoist this trophy – Austin Felix is fishing out of his dang mind right now. He's catching them. And like you said, Clark's caught them all year. You're going to Texas, which is kind of his home turf. And there's several guys right there knotted up. Corey Johnson's had a great year. There's lots of guys that – and it will come down to who has the best tournament down there. And, that dude, that's how it should be. I, lo- I love it when it's not a blowout. I know you would probably a lot rather be leading it by about 60 points. but. <laughs> Absolutely, but I from a from a fan standpoint, man, that one down there is going to be something yeah. else, dude. Yeah, I mean it ain't been that tight in a long time. Mm-mm. In the back side of my mind, I mean, well, maybe there's five thousand COVID cases hit around Fork. We don't have to go there cancel it. <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, it's going to be a shootout. Like I said, there's just uh, whoever figures my best going to going to be angrier, and that's what it should be, and that's who's going to deserve it. Ain't no doubt about it, buddy. Well, look, man, I have uh, I've kept you for a long time. I want to say one interesting thing about this is when, when you and I were trying to schedule this, you had Bassmaster Radio. You got are you getting a lot of phone calls right now, Dave? Yeah, the most phone calls ever. I've got people <laughs> asking me, uh, you know, what what am I fishing? Do you fish the Elite Series? What's your name again? You know, stuff like that. And. Uh, we have to explain, you know, who I am and that I actually do fish for a living. And uh, oh, after we get through that process, and the questions start. So, has uh, anybody <laughs> asked you your favorite Andy Griffith and episode yet? No, not yet. But it would probably be the haunted house one with, uh, <laughs> with Barney, Andy, and and the and the drunk Otis on there. That's one of my favorites. Okay, there it is. You heard it here, and it's Halloween, so it's perfect right there from David Mullins, buddy. <laughs> I appreciate you very much, and uh, I'm pulling for you. I wish you the best of luck down there, and uh, thanks for doing this. Make sure you're following David if you're not. David Mullins Fishing on Instagram, Facebook. He's probably even got a TikTok. They ain't no telling what Mullins has got. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, buddy. I appreciate you. Hey, love man. Uh, God bless. Take care. Thank you, bud. Same. All right. There it is. David Mullins. David Mullins. That was fun. David is, uh, man, he's cooler than the other side of the pillow. And and like I said, no disrespect, man, you got freaking Austin Felix is crushing, uh, especially in these last few tournaments. And Clark Winlet's crushed all year. He had a bad one at Chick. Corey Johnson's crushed all year. He had a bad one at Chick. And it's going to be – Fork's going to be crazy. And I have no idea really what to expect with that event at all. I've never seen a lot of fall tournaments there. It's full of big ones. I would expect it'll be a little tougher, obviously, than it would be in the spring when that big wave of fish is moving up. So um, exciting stuff right there. Exciting stuff. I'm proud for that dude. He He's a hard worker. He keeps to himself for the most part. And I think it uh, it's going to come down to who catches the best at Fork. And like he said, it's been a while since we've had that in an angler of the year. I mean, you look at, you know, BPT, Jordan Lee runs off with it. You look at FLW, like Ron Nelson runs off with it. Like, there's really no question coming into that last event, and I like the drama. 
that one's going to be uh, – I think. I mean, I think he's got like an eight-point lead or something over Austin. So super, super tight event coming up in a couple weeks. And Mercer will, you know, be there calling without me. Now he and I are like teammates. He's going to be there giant boom shakalakin without me. So whatever, man. He's already big leaguing me. JK. Uh, love you, Mercer. All right, guys. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. That was a lot of fun with Dave. Hope y'all enjoyed it. Lots of things coming. I know I say that all the time. Got some big announcements coming. Lots of things. Be sure to watch LD and the MC on Wednesday. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. And make sure to always hug your dang mama. I'm going to take y'all out with a little song that I wrote called Biloxi Blues. We end every show with it and start every show with it right here on Low Budget Live, Not So Live. I will see y'all next time. Spanish moss, a Civil War ghost. Well, I'm gonna leave them in the past. Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine. It don't matter, east or west. North, south, wherever the wind blows. I'm leaving those burdens at rest. This highway, it does not know my name. And I don't care, no, I don't care.